Hi, and thank you for joining the inaugural episode of Women in Product Marketing. I'm your host, Mary Sheehan, and each week I'll take you behind the scenes with some of the most impressive women leaders of product marketing. Kicking us off on our first episode is Krithika Muthukumar, marketing team lead for Stripe. Since she was their very first product marketer, we talk a lot about scaling marketing organizations, which is extremely valuable for anyone at a fast-growing company. Stripe has many products in their portfolio, so we also drill into the multi-product and solutions marketing world and how to approach that from a consumer insights lens. We also talk a bit about mentorship and networking and how to do that virtually. I hope you love this episode as much as I do. Women in Product Marketing is proudly supported by Clue. That's Clue with a K, the competitive enablement platform for all product marketers. This podcast is produced by Sharebird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It's the place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. And if you have any feedback on today's episode, things that you liked, things you want to hear more of or anything else, please email podcasts at sharebird.com. Now a word from our partners at Clue. Meet Jen. She's selling her division's product to a savvy new prospect. And unfortunately for Jen, she's about to get blindsided. So that sounds great, uh, but your competitor just launched something very similar. Uh, How do you compare? Jen needs to move fast. With a few taps, she leverages up-to-date intel her product marketing team has curated with Clue. Later in the show, we'll hear more on how Clue helps reps like Jen win deals every day. Learn more at clue.com slash Mary. All right, let's do this. Hello and welcome to Women in Product Marketing. I am thrilled to be speaking to Krithika Muthukumar today, who not only is a marketing team lead at Stripe with a heavy focus on product marketing, but is also a former engineer as well. I cannot wait to get into her journey. She was the first marketer at Stripe and also the only marketer for three years. You might have heard of Stripe. It's a fast growing company privately held and valued around 36 billion. Yes, that's billion with a B. They build economic infrastructure for the internet and help companies accept payments and manage their business online. Krithika also recently appeared in the Product Marketing Experts podcast, and I highly recommend that you check that out. And I love especially that I'm having this conversation with her today on the Women in Product Marketing podcast, which is meant to connect women in this role since we actually originally met on a product launch panel just a few years ago and really hit it off. Welcome, Krithika. Thanks so much for having me, Mary. I still remember that panel really well, and and I remember I learned so much from you. So I'm excited to reconnect and and chat with you some more today. Yes, it's definitely full circle. So just to kind of kick us off and get everyone familiar with you, can you tell us a little bit about your role and a little bit more about Stripe? Sure, yeah. Stripe is a technology company that is building infrastructure. We started off by building APIs to help developers accept payments, but today, Businesses of every size, from new startups to public companies, use our software to accept payments and to do everything from issuing cards, managing their business expenses, um, figuring out recurring billing. We have a whole suite of products now. So I work on the product marketing team here. And you know, unlike most product marketers, my team works across the entire p- platform and the product portfolio at Stripe. So sometimes we operate a little bit like a black ops team deployed on the most cross-cutting, high-impact projects for the Stripe business. And it's very integrated with the rest of the marketing org, as well as other organizations within Stripe. I love that analogy of product marketing as black ops. I think that 
completely describes what we do. Something that I thought was really interesting about your background is that not only were you the first marketer at Stripe, but you also started as an engineer. Can you take us through your journey to product marketing? Yeah, actually, people say that my journey is a little bit unique, but one of the things that I've been struck by in the years that I've been a product marketer is that there's actually such a diversity of backgrounds of people who move into this discipline. There's people who are former consultants, who are former business operations folks, who've done product management, who've done engineering. And I think there's something very unique about product marketing that draws this sort of like very big spectrum of folks into the discipline because it sits at the intersection of product and users. And I think that's a unique discipline that we work in. That's totally true. And I, I love that description of that. And it's fun how you can see so many different backgrounds actually come to product marketing. And I think it's what makes it such a fun and diverse role. Yeah. And so and for me, you know, I started off by going to school for business as well as cognitive science. And so I took a, a little bit of a smattering of courses across computer science, psychology, linguistics, neuroscience. And I think I put them together into a major because I was trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I was growing up. And I think I'm still figuring that out. And when I first uh, left college, I joined Google in engineering, but I was also working on projects and initiating projects with my marketing counterparts to help tell the story of Google better. And so I, I remember this project I was working on to refresh android.com and my product marketing counterpart at the time kind of said, hey, you know, it, it looks like you care more about what's on the page than how it's being built. And I replied saying, you know, I do care about what's on the page, but I also care about how it's built. And so finding a role at that intersection where I could be thinking about very deeply how we're communicating concepts to our customers. And so I had the opportunity to formally make the switch over to the marketing team and to work on the Android platform. And, and that's really where I sort of cut my teeth and, and learned the discipline of marketing and product marketing more specifically. And I also heard that there was a mentor that was really instrumental in you making that shift from engineering to marketing as well. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I couldn't have done it without the chance that Kenzo Fong Hing took on me. He was leading um, marketing for Android at the time. And one of the things that he did was he spotted the passion that I had for customer communication and trying to figure out new, interesting, innovative ways to bring the Android story to life. But at that time, I had no marketing experience. And so for him to kind of be able to spot the diamond in the rough and get a chance on my potential was trajectory changing for me and really brought me into marketing as a discipline. That's so wonderful. Sounds like the mentor was really important and he helped uncover your passions and bring you to that next level and that next pivot in your career. How would you recommend for women to find a mentor even during this time during COVID where things are virtual? Yeah, I have to say that is, that it's, it's a difficult question in any time. And it's definitely more di difficult when we are in this virtual world. One suggestion that is very tactical that I have is to not make one mentor your goal, um, because not everyone is going to have all of the skill sets or all of the resources to be able to give you the mentorship that you need across your career. But what you can do is sort of like unpack and deconstruct what are some of the skill sets or the resources that you are wanting from this person and be able to 
have multiple mentors, Captain Planet, like together their powers combined are really helpful to you. Well, first of all, the Captain Planet analogy, I just gonna have to give you a little shout out for that. That's pretty awesome. But Heart. Um, yes, <laughs> our powers combined. I actually share that perspective with you too. I've always felt like it's a lot of pressure to have one mentor that will solve everything for you. And I think your case, finding that one person that helps pivot you to marketing was probably great for that time in your life, but you have expanded out and now have multiple mentors for different things. So I think that's really important. And I love that. It also kind of puts less of pressure on a mentor as well to not have to be your kind of one and only. So I love that thinking about different ways that they can help support you in different areas. That's great. And mentors can be really be anywhere and they don't necessarily have to be in product marketing. Exactly. And so how did you make that transition then from product marketing leader to a marketing leader? What was the journey there? I know that it's become a bigger deal for marketing leaders to have the path of product marketing on their resume before they reach that next step. You know, even Greg Jalswiak at Apple was a product marketing leader before he became the now CMO. So can you talk a little bit about how you made that transition? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that you think about when you're progressing in your career, you know, when you first start out and maybe you're fresh out of college or you're just getting into the product marketing discipline, what you're really trying to do is build up your functional skill sets and chops so that you're trusted to be the executor once a product strategy has been set or even a launch strategy has been set. The next sort of tier, like the step that you take is to go from execution to execution strategy. So not only are you the right person to get the product launched, but you're also the right person to figure out what are the components of the go-to-market that are going to be really helpful. Like you're building up um, your customer empathy, you're building up the deep product knowledge that you need, and you're connecting the two in meaningful ways by figuring out the right GTM. Then I think the next step beyond that, and I'm, I'm definitely simplifying this, is to start taking the business strategy and the business goals into mind, and then trying to not only figure out the go-to-market strategy for a product that's already fully baked, but also to be informing product strategy by bringing those insights about customers, about the competitive market, and about what's on the ground with sales and in customer research back into the product development process so that you're going to market with the right thing in the first place. And so product marketing can really give you exposure to not only the cross-functional partners who are critical in making these decisions, but also you can earn a seat at the table to drive product and business strategy itself. That's so great. So it's all of these different stepping stones that all start at this foundation of product marketing. I really love that view. That's definitely my bias coming from where I do in my background, but I know there's multiple paths to, to marketing leadership, but this definitely is one that I'm seeing more and more in the industry. Definitely. And I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask a question right now during this time, we're on a virtual podcast, not able to sit in the same room. How has your organization changed since COVID? So as a leader on the marketing team, what has changed for you and either, you know, with your culture, with how you're interacting on a day-to-day -day basis? Can you give us a little bit of insight into that? So Stripe was taking the steps into being remote friendly even before COVID started. So for one, I live up in Seattle and leading up the Seattle Marketing Hub for Stripe. 
it was very much a starting point to say, okay, well, you didn't need to be in the San Francisco headquarters to really have an impact at the company. But that being said, now that we're all virtual, your location matters a lot less to the impact that you're having. However, there's a lot more onus for you to connect with the company and try to understand what's going on with the rest of the organization. It's more of a pull mechanism than it is a push mechanism, which kind of naturally happens when you're in an office environment. And even when you have people visiting or traveling between offices, it is a very different vibe. And not only are we onboarding and hiring on folks who I've never met in person, we're hiring on people who are doing net new functions and, and bringing on net new skill sets to the marketing org. And so I think really trying to find a way to digest that and bring them into the fold while still keeping a high bar for our content, our collateral, and the way that we talk to our customers has been a new world to, to navigate. And have you found anything in particular that's worked well to bring those new team members into the fold? Yeah, as funny as it may sound, actually, we have a weekly happy hour that we do where we play board games with each other, online board games or fun games. And that actually like cuts down a lot of the barriers between people who may not talk to each other on a day-to-day -day basis, but we can get a chance to understand who we are and how we operate. And actually, there's some side chatter that brings up something that may be useful for them. We're also very tactically increasing the amount of documentation and note-taking that we do so that people can engage asynchronously. And Stripe is a, a multinational company now, and we have presences for the marketing team across Asia and Europe and the rest of the world. And so we want to make sure that we are including all of those folks in our decision-making and in, in conversation. I was smiling really big when you were talking about the virtual board games because we've done that on our team as well. well <laughs> if you haven't played Code Names and if you haven't played Skyfall, I highly recommend it. I haven't. I'll have to add that to our arsenal. I love it. We've also done a virtual watercolor painting where we're all watercolor painting on our own easel and looking at each other on Zoom. It's I really like fun. that. It's really relaxing, actually, I have to say. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> Well, great. Well, thanks so much for, for filling us in on that. I think it's, you know, on top of everyone's mind. And I love the documentation and just making the notes more available, especially as you're thinking about different time zones, how to connect. And if anything can save another, you know, meeting or another email, that's wonderful. So I love I Oh, love you hit the nail on the head because I think many people have been treating COVID as a sort of very temporary state where we bring our offline processes online and just try to see if we can make those work and they don't work. And so right now we are very much in the stage of rethinking our processes, rethinking our forums, rethinking onboarding so that again, we're setting up people for success who may never have come to a Stripe office. Now a word from our partners at Clue. Not a day goes by in sales that someone doesn't ask how your product compares. Earlier, a friend Jen dug herself out of a tight spot with Clue, the product marketer's platform for handling all things competitive. Clue helps product marketing teams collect intel from coworkers, Slack, emails, and the web, putting it all into one place that's always up to date and giving Jen the superpowers she needs when she needs them. Listen in at the end of this episode to hear how Clue empowers every team across the org with insights, something we call competitive enablement. For any of you wondering how to put together a competitive enablement program or build battle cards that your sales teams will love, head on over to clue.com slash Mary. 
That's K-L-U-E.com slash Mary, Clue with a K, and tell them that I sent you. Welcome back. Today, we're chatting with Krithika Muthukumar of Stripe. We left off chatting about her journey from engineering to product marketing to marketing leadership. And now we're going to switch gears a little bit and dive into Krithika's superpowers. So you have several. I would say that they're you know, multi-product or solution marketing scaling marketing organizations, and also developer marketing, which I know you touched on with Marcus and the Product Marketing Experts podcast. But as a woman, can you talk a little bit about how you develop these superpowers and how you carve out your niche and why that's so important? It's a great question. And thank you for the kind words. I, I think um, yeah, actually a product manager at Square said this, that in your career, you shouldn't treat it like a ladder. You shouldn't treat it like uh, a ladder because people who treat their career like a ladder will make linear progress at best and let their fear hold them back. He suggests that people actually treat their career like a game. You know, those who treat their careers like a game will collect resources, find people, build skills, and those compound over time and you have fun doing it. And so I would say it is very critical to find your niche, something that sets you apart because especially at a company that is in a hyperscale mode or it's growing really fast, there are going to be a lot of changes that happen. And so you have to be really zen to go with the flow and adapt to those changes. So adaptability and flexibility are really, really critical. But also I would suggest, especially at startups or even in, in some larger organization, take on projects that you think may not quite be part of your role. If you have that capability, if you have that ability, Take on projects that stretch your skill sets, stretch what you know that you can do really well, because you will again be collecting those resources, collecting those skills that set you up for success on a future project that, that you may not have to tackle just yet, but you build up these skills over time. It's a very sort of like letters and sciences view of the American university, but take on a very holistic approach and don't try to think like, okay, well, this is the next stepping stone. This is the next stepping stone. This is the next stepping stone. Be a bit more holistic of saying, here are my strengths. Here are some of my areas of development. Be really candid about those with your manager and then go from there. I love that approach. And I keep thinking about the latter. You know, if you're just taking one step forward and that's the only thing that is driving you, you're missing out on so many learning opportunities and connections and ways to build your skill set. So that's such a great view of the world. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, we talked about one of those superpowers being multi-product marketing. And I would love to hear a little bit more about that since I know Stripe has at least over a dozen products at this point. How do you influence the product roadmap in this type of multi-product solution world? Where do you start? This is really where the customer empathy comes into play. The first thing that you have to do with multi-product marketing is really to take a look at how you want to approach the space because there's a spectrum of options for how you want to do multi-product or platform marketing. You know, there's on one end of the spectrum, there's someone like Salesforce where they've gone full in on end-to-end product solutions, right? So if you're a healthcare company, you purchase Salesforce Health Cloud, your onboarding says Health Cloud, your billing says Health Cloud, everything's just Health Cloud. On the other hand, on the other side of the spectrum, you have a company like Atlassian where you buy Jira or Confluence, but if you buy them together, maybe you get a little bit of a discount and they work better together. And so the first step is figuring out where on that spectrum you fall, right? 
the way that you can have influence as a marketer on a multi-product platform or a system is to be the person who is representing the holistic customer journey because your customers aren't going through and purchasing point solutions for specific products. They are looking for a job to be done that a collection of products may accomplish for them. And so what a single product manager who is thinking about a specific product area may know is exactly sort of how the customer comes into their product, how they should traverse it, what the user experience should look like, and even how they purchase or how they pay. But for someone to look across products, that's again, that, that holistic customer journey can be a great way to earn a seat at the table. And I love that you brought jobs to be done into the mix too. I think that's such a great comprehensive way to think about any type of marketing situation, whether it's one product or multi-products, but it's all about the journey and how they're really thinking about each stage of decision-making. So thanks. If, if those of you out there listening haven't checked that out yet, I highly recommend it. Um, Intercom actually wrote a book about it and how they implemented it for B2B marketing. So super, super cool framework. I couldn't agree more, Mary, because... You know, the mistakes that most companies make, even if they have a single product, is to kind of think that their audience and their customers are hanging on their every word or subscribe to their blogs and kind of just waiting to implement the next feature that they might come out with. But especially with B2B marketing and especially with multi-product marketing, the onus is much more on the business the company to reach the customer with the right context at the right time to make sure that they're solving a need for the customer more so than anything else. That's so spot on. And I have to say, so digging into one of your other superpowers, scaling product launches, you actually gave me such great advice and the audience when we were on a panel together a few years ago, and you were talking about how to manage a team that is launching over a hundred products a year. And at the time, I just thought that was totally crazy and I couldn't ever imagine myself in that situation. But my next job at Social Chorus, 100 person startup, we had 100 feature launches a year. So I was so glad to have sat on that panel with you and have heard the advice that you gave. And so I'll just tee you up, but it was about tiering, if you could share that with everyone, because I thought that was so valuable. Oh, for sure. So yeah, Stripe definitely still launches a ton of products and features every single year. And so one of the ways that we've tackled that is by having very clear tiers, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three. And we have clear criteria for what type of products or features or launches go into each type of tier. And as we've grown out the marketing team to other disciplines like demand generation or content, those have their sort of uh, canonical tiers as well. And what that helps you do is it helps you give, get some heuristics on what type of materials you need to do in order to prepare for a launch. It sets expectations with the rest of the organization on how much weight the marketing team is going to put behind a certain product or feature. And in some ways, it's useful for the customer to signal which are the most important product or features that they should be paying attention to. And if you can, I'd, I'd highly recommend you know, bundling where possible, putting together similar features into a shared narrative, and to be able to beat the drum for the momentum of certain uh, themes or topics that the company is trying to push in the market. And on that tiering piece too, I think it takes the emotion out of it for your stakeholders. So if you are able to agree on what tier something is and they get this bill of materials, I feel like it makes so much sense to people. And I've 
you know, I, I always thought there would be a lot more pushback implementing that, um, thinking about which tier and that everyone would want, you know, the highest tier possible launch for their product or feature. But I think it makes sense to people and I think they really get it. So I just, I just love that framework. Yeah. And when you add these objective criteria, it makes it a ton easier. And one thing I'd add to that is that if you're able to make sure that you break outside of your bill of materials every now and then, like do be very critical to what's required for this particular feature or launch to really make it resonate in the market and be open to creativity and be open to, you know, breaking out of that a la carte menu that you might offer your product counterparts. That's such great advice. Just to kind of wrap us up today, since this is a podcast for women in product marketing, I do have a few rapid fire questions that I hope can help our listeners. So the first one is, what is the one thing that has been the most important to grow your career? I have to say, if I had to pick one thing that has been most important to growing my career, I would absolutely say my current manager, Tanya Kakbaz. Tanya joined Stripe a couple of years ago, and she has been a force multiplier and a champion for the team internally. And she sort of helped me in both direct ways in terms of giving me mentorship and coaching on how to approach a particular challenge or a, a problem. But also I've learned a ton from her through osmosis. You know, I see sort of how she shows up in meetings or how she shows up with some of our cross-functional partners. And it's very permission granting to know that I can do the same. And so if, if there's some advice that I can give to folks who are maybe early employees at a, at a startup or even people at a large company who are feeling stagnated or, or feeling like they're hitting a plateau, one of the best things that you can do is figuring out who might be a complementary manager to your skill sets and being able to go out and hire that person. I love that. That's so great. So back full circle with the mentors. Find your mentor, you know, no matter what level you're at and, you know, to help with various aspects of your life and job. That's awesome. And I know it's a little bit awkward right now with everything being virtual, but how are you networking? I'm going to give an awkward answer, which is that one of the things that you have to do is kind of create almost like a CRM of your work friends and make sure that you reach out to them at a particular cadence that you set, right? That feels authentic and useful and, and frankly, that it doesn't do it uh, as overkill. But in some ways during this COVID time, it can be a little bit out of sight, out of mind. So you have to be a lot more intentional about networking, which can feel like a bad word but just like connecting with peers at other companies so that you're continuing to share learnings and, and growing from their experiences as well. I think that's a business idea, CRM of your work friends. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and then kind of on that note, how are you making sure that you're connecting with people, you know, not just networking, but really connecting so you can share learnings and best practices and continue to grow? As an introvert, this is one of the biggest challenges for me. So one of the things that I, I do is, Sort of artificially, I set a personal OKR or a goal every quarter of doing some public speaking or some writing because it's a great forcing function to reflect on what you're doing differently than what you used to do before or reflecting on a new learning or a new framework that has been helpful to you in your work and being able to share that with the community. That's great. And I think everyone should add that to their OKRs too. That's, that's such a good idea. 
And one last question, is there any other advice that you have for women in product marketing? One of the things that we touched on is that it can be hard to find that one mentor for you. But what it is pretty easy to do is to find other product marketers at companies that are similar to yours or who are working with similar audiences and people who are at the same level as you, right? Because you can share a lot of your shared experiences because you're on parallel paths. You'll be working on similar projects, similar initiatives, uh, similar go-to-market collateral. And I think having that, that set of peers that you can bounce ideas off of, you know, for me, I've definitely shared landing pages before they've gone live as their marketing beta testers. And those people really up-level you because they've learned something or a new facet of marketing that you might not be exposed to at your company, but it is always something that is more tactical and actionable than someone who is maybe a few steps removed or is much further in their career, they may not have that direct, tangible impact on your day-to-day -day work. So find your PMM BFFs is what you're saying. Exactly right. Perfect, great. And I did lie because there is one final, final question. How can people connect with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter or on LinkedIn. And I'd be remiss to say that Stripe is hiring. So please make sure to take a look at stripe.com slash jobs and reach out if, if you're interested. That's so great. Well, Krithika, I had such a fun time talking to you. I really love the conversation. I think it's going to be so helpful for all the women in product marketing out there. So thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for putting together this podcast. I'm going to be a rapid subscriber and I can't wait for the future episodes. Now a word from our partners at Clue. Salespeople want short, digestible insights. They don't want 17-page decks that are scattered across the web and who knows where. Clue makes it easy to create and deliver battle cards. In a pinch, sales teams can find them easily with all the insights they need on how to handle their competitors while working a deal. And with Clue, it's not just sales teams who want battle cards. The product team, customer success, and marketing, they all compete too. Now, everyone can compete to win. For any of you wondering how to put together a competitive enablement program or build battle cards that your sales team will love, head on over to clue.com slash Mary. That's K-L-U-E.com slash Mary and tell them that I sent you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Women in Product Marketing. I hope you enjoyed it. Please send me any feedback that you have. Really having fun talking to all these wonderful ladies and can't wait for you to hear our next episode with Katherine Kelly, the head of product marketing at Slack. Subscribe, share with someone that you think will really enjoy it. And thanks again for all the support.